Here at Shaun of the South, we're keeping our hands sharp with the help of Case Knives, the sponsor of this episode. A tradition of my family for generations, my granddaddy used to say the best cure for idle hands was to build something. But in today's day and age, everything's done with a click, a swipe, or a tap. But how about we put away the screens and put your hands to work with a Case Knife? Hey, you are listening to Sean of the South, and I'm your host tonight, Sean Dietrich, and man, we've got a great show lined up ahead of here, a great show coming to you live via the podcast, airwaves and the radio waves all over this fine nation. This man you see behind me here fixing to blow your mind with his fiddle is Simon Robinson, everybody, Simon Robinson. Child in pity, look down and hasten to me. 
Postmar program is brought to you by visitnorthalabama.org, the Mountain Lakes Tourist Association. Visit the 16 North Alabama counties and make this state what it is. Let's talk barbecue here for just a minute. Now you can visit the Mud Creek Restaurant in Hollywood, Alabama, off County Road 213, and you can get the tenderest pork you ever had. Or how about New Market Barbecue in New Market, Alabama, off Winchester Road? When you visit, tell them Sean sent you. And watch their eyes go blank when they answer who in the Sam Hill is Sean. <laughs> and if you're sick and tired of having low cholesterol, get to Florence, Alabama, and visit Smokin' on the Boulevard restaurant. You can taste dry rub meat, slow smoked over hickory coals. It will change your life, bless your heart, and make a believer out of you. So go visit the North Alabama Barbecue Trail today, because whatever you do, you can do it better in North Alabama. So visit northalabama.org or hashtag visitnorthal. Now let's have another tune here from Simon Robinson, everybody, Simon Robinson.
wash his feet Keep your hands on the plow and you hold right on Peter grew anxious and he said Wash my feet, my hands, my head Keep your hands on the plow and you hold right on Hold on, hold on Keep your hands on the plow and you hold right on Hold on, hold on Keep your hands on the plow and you hold to us tonight from listeners all over this fine nation that had nothing better to do than to send us a little bit of their sentiments floating around in their brain or put pen to paper or to type out an email or to write us something on their entire on their cell phone using only the thumbs or to send us legal letters asking us to cease and desist tonight because we are infringing upon somebody's well-being lord i have no idea what i'm saying and our first message comes from jessica in only Illinois, only Illinois, home of the white squirrel. <laughs> Dear Sean, says Jessica, I just discovered your podcast and it's the highlight of my week now. I have a job that I just can't stand. So the highlights of my week are the things that make my life worth living. Thanks a lot to your friend Jessica, home of the white squirrel is where I live, only Illinois. Dear Jessica, I hope you have a little bit more stamina to tolerate a few more hours doing a job you can't stand. Phyllis D. Lorenzo, I'm sorry, Phyllis D. Lorenzo. Phyllis D. Lorenzo, New York City, New York. Sean, I just had to write you and say thank you. Thank you for what you do. You bring a smile, a laugh, a tear, and a memory to me. Whatever you bring in your stories, you always make me feel deeply. I appreciate that most of all. I've requested your book at our library. If it doesn't come through soon, I just may go buy it. You are worth that to me, Sean. I live in New York City, have lived here all my life. I've traveled a little around the country. You've given me a great appreciation of areas I have not visited. I love the way you portray people, the everyday people, all kinds, young, old, and able-bodied, indifferently abled. The English and the non-English speakers, thank you for taking notice of them and knowing that we are not very different at all. I always look forward to your stories. I administer an online support group for people with COPD, just like me. Besides medical information, I've been sharing stories, stories written by you. Many of our readers are delighted by your stories, and a few are sufficiently disturbed. <laughs> I had to write you and tell you how I feel. I know you won't believe it, Sean, but I love you. Sincerely, Phyllis D. Lorenzo. Well, dear Phyllis, dear Phyllis, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Cheryl Sexton, Huntsville, Alabama. Please come to Huntsville. Please come to Huntsville, Alabama. I have a wonderful place for you to stop in, in Harrison, uh, the Harrison Brothers Hardware Store. The original hardware store dates back to 1897. It is a nonprofit operated by the historic Huntsville Foundation, and it is like stepping back in time. So please, please come to Huntsville, in case you didn't get it the first time. Harrison Brothers Hardware Store is waiting for you. Dear Cheryl, dear Cheryl, keep your eye out for me. Sharona, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I was driving with my kids one night and feeling generally pretty bad about the way our lives are going. 
a long story and I don't want to bore you with it or anybody listen to your show if you read this over the air. My husband and I are no longer, we're no longer, and it's just me and the kids, and I'm doing the best I can. We're going down this dark highway one night, back home, weaving through the dark highway, and I saw this cat run out in front of the road, and I had to stop the car. Now, I'm not necessarily a cat person, but something in me needed to make sure this cat was okay, and so I did. And my kids were right beside me just begging to take this thing home. And I kept saying, this is not something we need to do. I did my best to tell them this. I said that, that we did not need a cat. And I didn't think it was the best decision we could have made. That cat, though, Sean, has become a part of my family. An indoor cat that keeps me company all the time, even when my kids are at school and I'm working in my office at home. His name, his name is Jill. And this is because we thought he was a girl. And when the vet first found, uh, when we first found him, and when the vet finally told us that it was a girl, by then it was too late to change his name because it had already fit into our family brain. So, Jill is a boy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing what you do. Sharona. Well, dear Sharona, dear Sharona, that is a confusing name for a cat to have, but I trust that he'll get through it unscathed because you have such a loving family. Peter Dickinson, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Hey, Sean, there's a kid in one of my classes who's sort of an outcast, but he's really funny. I teach third grade, so I suggested that he come to school and do a little stand-up comedy routine. I helped him plan it out. We wrote it down on a piece of paper, and we had a ball looking up jokes on the computer. Family-friendly jokes, mind you. And he worked on memorizing these jokes, and he watched some of his favorite comedians on YouTube. And then when the day came, he showed up all dressed up. And he performed for the third grade class that I teach and a few other classes who had come in to see him. And I could tell he was really nervous, but we gave him a fake microphone on a stand, but he killed it. I wanna tell you, he killed it. We were all laughing so hard because it ain't just what he was saying, it was how he was saying it. And so he performed at our school musical as the opening act before the musical even started with a real microphone. And it was great to see him spread his wings and just fly. Oh, just fly. He has become an A student ever since we found out what his niche is. And I just love that my colleague and co-teacher Carol is the one who discovered this. Otherwise, I might never have noticed. I believe we saved that kid's future, or who knows, maybe even gave him a career. My God. Thank you, Peter, and thank you, Carol, for being nice to a kid who has the misfortune of standing up in front of a lot of people and telling jokes for a living. Donette Lee from Alabama, somewhere in Alabama. Hope I said that name right, Donette. Dear Sean, dear Sean, you once told a story about forgetting things and how you forgot a fishing trip with friends that you'd taken and it was completely out of your mind and it reminded me of an embarrassing story of my own. So here goes. While I was traveling through South Carolina, I dropped in to visit a college friend whom I had not seen for many, many years. I said to her husband, I'm so glad to finally meet you. He said, meet me. We met at our wedding. And I was dumbfounded. I went to your wedding? I said, I don't remember that. He said, what do you mean you don't remember that? You were my wife's bridesmaid. Sean, I was like, what? Surely I would remember if I were in your wedding. He said, well, you were. I've got pictures to prove it. And sure enough, they brought out a photo album, Sean, and they showed me my picture in their wedding album. I've never been so confused. 
Today is my 84th birthday, but I was 70 at that time. So thank you for brightening my mornings with your emails and your shows. Love, Donette. Donette, from everybody here tonight, I know we're a little bit behind the times, and I'm getting to your letter a little bit, a little bit behind when you sent it to me, but from everybody here tonight, happy 84th birthday, happy 84th. Gary Trailer, San Diego, California. My wife and I finally retired and moved to California because we are here with family. But Sean, I was born and bred in Alabama and I'm homesick because while California is nice and all, it's not exactly the South. Oh sure, don't get me wrong. People here are easy going and that's one good thing I like about the West Coast. They're very, very easy going. That is not the same as having Southern hospitality and really, really polite manners. I can't explain exactly what I mean. You'd have to be here to know what I'm talking about. But I feel like a foreigner, foreigner over here. I hope I get used to it because my wife and I spent a lot of money moving here. But I found out you can't substitute Alabama no matter how hard you try. Still, I've learned at this age that people are people, and home is home, wherever you are. And there are always little ways to feel accepted in your community if you try. But I'm not there yet. So wish me well, and until then, keep doing your podcast, because it brings back the South to me, namely South Alabama. We used to go down to your part of Florida all the time. It was only a hop, skip, and jump away from where we lived, and you had the beach. And there's no beach like Northwest Florida Beach. Oh, trust me. I'm looking at the California beaches while I write this to you now. And they ain't got nothing on the south. Love to you, Gary. Well, dear Gary, from everybody here tonight, we give you a warm greeting from the Southland. We are thinking of you and your family. And we hope that you find solace in your new home. And one recommendation I have for you, not that you need it, because you probably know more than I do about what you need right now at this particular junction in your life, I suggest that you do yourself a kindness and locate some biscuits, some gravy, some bacon, pimento cheese, chicken salad, deviled eggs, collard greens, butter beans, and boiled peanuts. Eat them often, and when you do, remember that that food can cure a broken heart. It can breathe new and vibrant life into a skinny person who has spent too much time dieting, and it can make you feel closer to home, which you are always closer to home than you think. You're in our hearts and in our minds forever, because this is the South and we love you until you die. And that's letters from our listeners. Letters from our listeners. Now let's have another tune here from Simon Robinson, everybody. Give it up for Simon Robinson. Right of mine will ever be 
outside it was hot outside last week we had we had temperatures that got up all the way into the triple digits it was the kind of weather that makes you believe in some kind of uh, prophecy in time prophecy that has to do with flames of hell and all sorts of demons coming up out of the underworld these demons come up and swirl around and they get so miserable that they have to go back down to the underworld where it's a lot cooler than it is up here and that's just just life. That's just how we deal with things. It's it's just a, a fact of living in the South. Part of the part of the hot weather is the crickets and the cicadas. The crickets and the cicadas make all sorts of noise outside before the sun comes up over the tree line. You can see the sliver of sun peak itself above them long leaf pines in the distance. This is my favorite time of day. My favorite time of day when you can watch a sunrise. There are two spiritual moments of every day and that is the sunrise and the sunset. And both events in the day are serenaded by the crickets and the cicadas. They whine and they scream and it makes a sound like white noise in the distance and you can watch the most glorious event take place and it only lasts for a few seconds because that's how heavenly events are they only last for just a few seconds that sliver of orange white sun rising above that silhouetted tree line it is something out of a storybook we had a family reunion a family reunion a few days ago on the Choctahatchee Bay it was hot for that reunion and when we all posed for the picture we stood on this huge staircase in front of Cousin Bentley's house and we all stood on this staircase, 45 of us, and it felt a little bit unsteady underneath our feet. And it was uh, Nick, Cousin Nick, who said, are we sure this thing is structurally capable of handling 45 people? And we all looked at Aunt Flossie and Aunt Catherine who were uh, in the mid-80s and 90s and we helped them all the way down to the very beginning step just in case something gave way and there were 45 people on the ground writhing in pain because of broken hips. Aunt Flossie just had a, had a, a bad fall. She said she's been going to a chiropractor and you'd be happy to know that he is doing miracles with her and he has also improved, improved her digestion system. <laughs> Chiropractors can do that if you trust them, but the key is trust. I went to a chiropractor once and he just, he snapped my neck in a few places and I saw the rest of the world in black and white. And that was the last time I ever went to the chiropractor. I decided that he was not my, my style of medicine. These are interesting people. These are not my family, this is my wife's family. They're all traced back to the Martin family, the Martin genes. Most everybody here at this family union was a Martin in some form or fashion. We had all sorts of good old people. We had Rab, who was really named Robert, 
who, who is trying to sail a 1975 28-foot and O'Day sailboat, call for details, needs new tires on the trailer. And there was, there was uh, my wife who was trotting toward the, the, the gathering when Robert stopped me and pulled me aside to tell me about this sailboat. And my wife said, Robert, he ain't got time to talk about that. And she grabbed me by the elbow and she said, hey, hey, come here, come here. How's my lipstick? I said, I said, your lipstick's fine. She said, do I have it, any smudges on it? Is it on my teeth? I said, no, no, you're fine. She smiled. I said, you're fine. And she wiped the corners of her mouth. A, a woman like my wife, a, a Martin, is persistently concerned about their lipstick. <laughs> lipstick is, is everything. And so my wife went and she helped load this potluck line with food. Golly, the food on this potluck line. We had huge, full-covered casserole pans full of fried chicken. There was a chicken breast on that thing that was about the size of a washing machine. <laughs> I mean, the fryer that it would have taken to fry this thing would have had to have been the size of an above-ground pool. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I love family reunions if for no other reason than for the food. And I was standing in line taking a look at it. There was macaroni and cheese, and there was butter bean salad with smoked bacon, and there was, uh, there was biscuits, big old fat cat head biscuits, and there were fried chicken vats, and there were sliced tomatoes. My wife's family skins their tomatoes. I don't know why, because they ain't nothing better than a good tomato skin, but they skin them and then they salt them and it draws the, the liquid out of the, out of the red heart of the tomato. These were grown by Flossie up at the hunting camp, glorious tomatoes. And they had, they had a salad that nobody seemed to touch. Because why would you touch a salad when you got cream corn, cheese, grits, and fried chicken? Ain't no reason. Ain't no reason. Salad at that point is just showing off. <laughs> and I was getting my plate, and I sat down next to my mother-in-law, Mother Mary is what we call her. And Mother Mary was talking with all the other elderly people at this party I love. I love to hear anybody over a certain age, maybe their mid-70s, tell a story or talk. Stories are their natural language. They tell stories about the old days and everything that came before where we are now. And they were telling stories, and every now and then, Mother Mary would stop talking, and she'd interrupt the person, and she'd say, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. She'd look at me, and she'd say, how's my lipstick? <laughs> I'd say, it's fine, Mother Mary, it's fine. She said, really? Do, do I have any on my teeth? Do I need to reapply? And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, say cheese. <laughs> and she'd say cheese, and she'd show me her teeth, and I'd say, yeah, you got a little on your teeth. And I'd, I'd look at it and say, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's right there. She said, well, get it off for me. And I said, you want me to get it off for you? She said, yeah, get it off for me. And she'd hand me a napkin, and she'd lick it. Well, there I was, wiping her teeth off, and then she resumed telling her story. Lipstick's a big thing in my wife's family, a big thing. I mean, Jesus could be coming back, and my, my mother-in-law would tell him to hold up for a second while she checked her lipstick. <laughs> We've tried to get her out the door to go different places, to go run errands and everything. And my wife and I will be sitting in the living room while her mother is in the bedroom reapplying her lipstick for the 18th time of the day changing her pearls for the third time and trying to make sure her shoes match her lipstick. Hold on, she'll say, I'm checking my lipstick. I'm checking my lipstick. And then she'll come out, she'll say, how's it look? And my wife will say, it looks fine, mama. I just celebrated my 45th birthday while we were waiting on you. But these stories were wonderful. We had a lot of good people there at this family reunion, a lot of good people. And you heard a lot of stories. You heard stories about what it was like 
growing up in a small town where they're all from in Bruton, Alabama, this tiny little town where children ride around barefoot and they caught their own bait or they got it from the, from the hardware store where Mother Mary's father used to raise crickets and minnows in the shed and he would get a scoop full of these minnows and they'd go and they'd fish every single Thursday. They'd shut down the store early to go fishing on a Thursday because fishing was important. And then I understand her father would catch these fish and he'd throw them into the truck and unwrapped and un, un, any they wouldn't be stuck in anything no coolers no boxes just sitting right there flopping in the vinyl seats and he'd get home and he'd get these ugly fish off the vinyl seat and he'd gut them and he'd clean them out and then he'd wash his hands with the water hose and then while he was at it with the water hose he'd get that water hose just a spraying and he'd open both doors of the truck cab and just spray the whole thing out He'd just spray the dashboard and the inside of the windshield and the ceiling and the dome light and the seats and the floorboards until everything was cleaned out and he'd let it just air out with the doors open. That is a redneck car wash. (laughs) And I love it. I love it. And across from her was Aunt Flossie. Aunt Flossie's mid-80s. And she is a tough old bird. She, she mows her lawn on a John Deere tractor still, twice a week, whether it needs it or not. She grows blueberries in the backyard and tomatoes and okra and strawberries. And she will pick them with a large sun hat worn on her head that is about the size of a sombrero. And she's, she's, she's an a, a active member of the Baptist Blue Hairs Brigade. She knows her Bible backwards, forwards, upside down, sideways, and in long ways. And she has no problem telling a Jehovah's Witness where they can put their special watchtower trap. <laughs> She's a tough woman, tough woman. She had a fall and she sustained just a, a little bit of an injury on her back. And everybody was worried about her, but she pulled through so fast and fine that her doctors were surprised. And she tells stories, too, about her husband, Willie. And my wife tells a story about Willie. Willie had a stroke once, and it, it affected the way he talked. He gave, gave him a little bit of a stutter. And he, he would go every day, and he would play the lottery, played the lottery faithfully. And one day he was... He was playing the lottery, and he lost his lottery ticket. And so he went to the, to, the, to the station, and he got a printout of the numbers that were winning numbers, just so that he could check these numbers against what he remembered his lottery ticket numbers had been. He looked at the numbers, he figured out he hadn't won, and he stuck them in his pocket. And he got home, and it was, he was... Uh, he was doing some yard work or something, and he took off his shirt, and he laid it on the, on the dresser. And she was walking through, and she found this old T-shirt, and, or this old sweatshirt, and a uh, button-down shirt. And she looked in the shirt pocket, and she picked out this slip of paper. And there was something going on on TV, the news. They were reading off the winning lottery numbers. And she looked, and she matched one number. She matched two number, three, four, and so on and so forth. She matched every single number. And she started getting all freaked out. She went to the porch. She said, Willie, Willie, we won. We rich. We rich. And Willie was trying to tell her, but he was stuttering. He said, Willie, pack your bags. We rich. We rich. Pack your bags. Willie said, why am I packing my bags? She said, because I don't care where you go, but you can't live here no more. Oh, tough old bird. Across from her was Aunt Catherine. Aunt Catherine's 90 years old. She's sweet, sweet. She was wearing a, a blue and white striped boat shirt with, with uh, pixie pants and her frilly white gray hair was on top of her head just fixed nice. She had nice makeup on. And I heard her look at her daughter during the middle of the conversation, Kay, and she said, Kay, how's my lipstick? She said, it's fine, Mom, it's fine. She said, do I need to reapply? She said, no, no, it's fine, Mama, it's fine. 
She was telling stories too. I've heard her stories before about Uncle Lester, my wife calls him, Uncle Lester, who was a tall man. My wife says he was so tall he had triple jointed legs that bent in three different places. He looked like a, like a heron walking, she said, and he was, he was easy going. And Aunt Catherine said he'd sit down in the, in the easy chair and every single night he would, he would eat a bowl of ice cream. I wish I could do that. I wish I could eat ice cream every single night. My wife has been after me to watch my cholesterol. We travel a lot of different places and people fix us a lot of different things. And at first I would just eat everything anybody would give me. They'd give me some, you know, you know, pimento cheese made by sister so-and-so and brother such-and-such. And I would eat the whole thing and then we'd wake up for breakfast and I'd have about 10 links of Connecticut quick freeze sausage and five eggs fried in bacon grease by whoever was hosting us. And then we'd go to lunch and I'd have a roast beef on rice sandwich with extra mayonnaise. And I went to the doctor and she said, my God, what have you been doing mainlining bacon grease? You've got to watch your cholesterol. And so I've had to cut back. I can't eat ice cream every night for supper, but, but back in the old days, they did this by George. They ate ice cream and my wife says Uncle Lester smoked a pipe, and he was a, a pilot in World War II, and he was a, a good, solid man, and he was greatly missed, just like everybody here at this family union. Everybody's greatly missed, and you can hear them all talking about these people who went on before us, and these people who, who are nothing but memories now, but they're our ancestors, and they remember the old days and what things were like. They remember when the newspaper had nothing better to write about, so they wrote about the duck that was flying over Main Street and four men at the hardware store borrowed three shotguns that they had on display and loaded them with shells and took turns trying to shoot this duck dead. And when they finally shot it dead and it fell down in Main Street, they posed with this duck, all three of them, and they made it into the newspaper because that was important news back then. I don't care what kind of political headlines are going on right now, and I don't care what kind of sex scandal is out there in, in the news media. I would rather see a picture of three good old boys holding a shotgun and a duck in their hand than I would some brand new sex scandal. Oh, and you can hear those stories at the family reunion. You can hear people gossip. Gossip's a big thing. Gossip's very important. You'll hear him say, oh, did you hear about sister so-and-so? No, Lord, I didn't hear about her. What happened? Oh, oh, she fell down. She broke her hip, but she's doing a lot better now. She's doing a lot better. The doctor's gone on enough meds that, Lord, she can't even say five words without drooling on herself. Oh, bless her heart. Bless her heart. Did you go to her daughter's wedding last weekend? No, I couldn't. I couldn't go, but I heard it was good. Was it good? Oh, it was so good. She looked radiant in her maternity wedding dress. <laughs> oh, you don't say, another one will say. Oh, you don't say. I heard that her brother recently got out on parole. Yeah, I heard that too. Lord, he's such a precious soul, isn't he? You know, he cross-stitched the most precious pillow for us when he was in solitary confinement for our pastor's wife. And so on and so forth it goes. And they will tell stories about people living and people who have passed on. And it is the most exceptional day that you will ever have in your life. My mother-in-law, Mother Mary, loves nothing more than to humiliate me, though. She likes to embarrass me for sport. I don't know why, but she's just she's good at it. And the way she does this is she'll find somebody who I don't really know, and she, a cousin in the family, and she'll say, hey, and she'll bring me over to him, and she'll, she'll be hooking arms with me, holding me by her arm. She'll say, hey, 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 do you know Sean is an author? And that person just kind of looks and say, really? Well, well, tell me one of the names of your books. And I say, well, uh, <clears throat> one of my books is named Caution, This Vehicle Stops for Bold Peanuts. And he'll look at me, and he'll laugh. He'll go, <laughs> that's a good one. No, no, really, what's the name of your book? Uh, really, that's the name of my book. And he'll kind of he'll kind of check his watch and say, I, "I think I hear my 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 aunt calling me." And he'll kind of excuse himself and walk away. And I'll say, "Mother Mary, you ain't got to embarrass me like that." She said, "Why? I'm proud of you." 
I say, I'm embarrassed though when you tell people that I'm an author. She'd say, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> and then she'll say, do I have any lipstick on my teeth? And she'll grin and I'll say, yes, you, you do have a little bit of lipstick on your teeth. She'll say, where? I say, well, it's all, it's all over your teeth. It looks like you've been munching on vampire bites for a snack. And she said, well, get it. And she'd give me a little napkin. She'll suck on my napkin, get that saliva all nasty and, and gross. And then, then I'll have to say, say cheese until she smiles. She says, cheese. And I, I wipe her, her teeth down until they're glistening. I said, boy, these are pretty teeth. She said, yeah, they cost about $100,000. <laughs> oh, these people at the family reunion, precious people. Mother Mary introduced me to everybody, hooking arms with me, walking me all around, introducing me to every single Martin. And I hear stories about people who are no more, about World War II pilots, and about women who remember fishing with their daddies on every Thursday and getting minnows out of the shed, about ducks flying downtown, and I just miss it. I miss the days that I knew growing up, and I miss the days that came before me. Because every day we got something brand new coming out. Technology sweeps over the world and takes over every inch of our daily life. You can flush your toilet from outer space using nothing but your cell phone. You can open your garage door when you're four miles away from the house and turn on your lights and feed your puppies using nothing more than your thumb. People don't wear belt buckles anymore today. They wear these, these fancy-dancy fancy pants with a nylon string in them. And, and fedora hats went out of style a long time ago, and everybody wears baseball caps. And you can even see little boys wearing baseball caps inside restaurants. They don't, they don't use old hardback hymnals no more in church, but they use these big white screens behind the pulpit that project the lyrics to songs that are so painfully easy to sing and memorize because they only have four or five words in them that you don't even need the screen itself. Aunt Flossie calls these songs 7-Eleven songs. Seven words, 11 choruses. <laughs> Everything has changed. The whole world has changed. But when you stand on them steps with the generations who came before you, standing on them rickety old steps, 45 Martins, a family I don't belong to, but a family I was kind, or it, they were kind enough to adopt me into it. I stand just behind Aunt Catherine, just before Aunt Flossie, just behind Mother Mary with my wife standing before me. And I hear an old woman look up at her daughter and say, how's my lipstick? She says, it's fine, Mama. It's fine, Mama. Do I need to reapply? No, Mama. You're going to be fine. Well, I don't want to be in the picture, you know, with bad lipstick. Mama, hush. You're fine. And I can see Mother Mary looking at, at my wife saying, how's my lipstick? And my wife goes, say, cheese, let me look. Oh, you got a little on your teeth. My wife wipes it off, and then my wife looks at me and says, hey, hey, how's my lipstick? I say, honey, it couldn't get any better. Couldn't get any better. Family, family is everything. Don't ever forget it. Hey, thanks very much for having me this evening. It's been a wonderful pleasure. Thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. Hey, thanks for listening to Sean of the South. I've been your host today, Sean Dietrich. And man, it's been a bona fide pleasure if I do say so myself. This episode was brought to you by Case Knives, a tradition of my family dating back to my granddaddy, who once said the best way to cure idle hands was to build something. So keep your hands sharp with a case knife. And by Folklore Brewing and Meadery, quite literally the best brew in Alabama. Visit FolkloreBrewingAndMeadery.com today. That music here behind me today was Simon Robinson, a Leeds-based musician from England, jolly old place across the pond. He plays American banjo and guitar like a boy raised in the sticks. Check out his album Wandering Boy. Google Simon Robinson and download his music today. You will not regret it. To find anything more about what I do, you can visit SeanOfTheSouthShow.com and there you can find archived episodes dating back to our very first episode all the way to this episode, which you just heard, though I'm not sure why. You must have a terrible taste in podcasts. And while you're there, I hope you take the time to drop me a 
online, tell me about your birthday announcements, wedding invitations, and potluck socials, and I'll do my best to read them over the air for my friends, because I love to do that sort of stuff for my friends. And speaking of friends, friends, when this world starts to get you down, why don't you try to start getting the world up? Adios.